This is the Gate Charlotte Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Hi, Gate family. Uh, I think we could probably be done right there. <laughs> My name is AJ. It's so wonderful to be with you this morning. I'm so excited for what God is doing, and, and in this place of where we are defying the impossibilities with the power and the presence of God, it is so wonderful that we have the opportunity to participate in what heaven is doing, that God has, has come alongside of us and has asked us to, yes, be co-heirs with him, but to also participate with what heaven is doing. We have the opportunity to be like our big brother, Jesus. With the fullness of the Holy Spirit dwelling with inside of us. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. What's amazing about, I, I love the indwelling spirit. Um, and I, and I, what I love about that is the Holy Spirit knows more about our oneness in Christ than we do. And so he's constantly reminding us of our oneness in Christ. And even throughout the day, reminding us of our identity, the power of God being, being released through us, and the opportunity so that when, when, a, when a God moment comes along, it's highlighted to you, and you can say, yes, this is exactly what he has created me for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm so excited for this morning and where we're, where we're headed, what God is going to do. Um, a couple of things that I wanted to do first um, was we do have a, a portion of the team that is headed back from New York. They have been here there the last week. Um, they are driving currently, so we want to, uh, we want to pray for them. Um, but uh, two, we also um, have uh, people that are watching over, we stream our services. We have also people watching right now. And so some of the team said that they would probably watch on their way home. Um, what I'd like to do is if we can extend our hands, but we're going to extend our hands towards the camera back there. And hopefully we're not going to get Amanda whacked. <laughs> we just say more, more Holy Spirit. Wow. We just thank you, Father, um, for the team that's driving back right now. Lord, that you would just keep them safe and that you would uh, release your, your angels over them, that you would be with them, guiding them every step of the way. Um, Father, that you would just release your anointing um, over them and, and that they would just have um, a complete restful and safe journey back and they would come back to us filled with your fire and, and ready to, um, to release an extra portion when they come home. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name. And Father, we just release right now in the name of Jesus over that ministry, over the ministries that go out of this household, um, out of uh, whether it's on YouTube or streaming or a podcast. We just thank you so much for the opportunity to reach a wider audience. And I just say to speak to those ministries to grow in Jesus' name. I thank you for for the opportunity that you've given us to to reach a greater audience and the people that you you want us to send to. Father, would you in their households right now be with them in an increase in your presence, that they would feel you, that they would know you, that they would see you so tangibly right now with them in their room. In Jesus' name, amen. I love it. So many people came up to me, they said, good luck when you get up here because it's heavy. (laughs) I had no idea. (laughs) That's really nice though. Matthew 4 starts out like this. Jesus um, has been fasting for 40 days and the spirit leads him into the wilderness and he's tempted by the devil. 
And when he's tempted, uh, he's, he's hungry. And the devil says to him, if you are the son of God, then turn these stones into bread. And I love the way that Jesus replies to him. And he says, man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. There is power in the voice of God and the fact that Jesus was sustained by the voice of the Father. Amen. Here he was hungry and fasting for 40 days, but what sustained him? The voice of the Father. I'm going to talk this morning about the voice of the Father and activate us and being able to hear God's voice and, and also um, some of the misconceptions that, that kind of come around um, God as Father and, and um, how we deal with those things. But, but I, I want to just encourage you this morning to, to let him speak to you, that this message would speak to you to the very deep places of your heart, because I believe that there's something that's key here for us being able to know who our Father is and what he designed us for, what he created us for. Josh said that we are powerful, and we are, and that he has created us in worship, for worship, to bring God glory. Amen. The chapter right before, the verse right before, I love sometimes when, when addresses sync up, John 3.16, for God so loved the world, we quote it, but Matthew 3.16 shows the Father's love for the world, and I love uh, that some of those addresses uh, line up. Matthew 3.16, after Jesus was baptized, he came immediately out of the water, and behold, the heavens were opened. Say, the heavens were opened. <laughs> and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove upon Jesus, John. And behold, uh, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved Son in whom I love, and I'm well pleased. Jesus, right before he went into the wilderness, was feasting on the voice of the Father. He had this affirmation from heaven that was just released over him in one of the most crucial points of his life. And I know that the Father sees us and loves us the same way that he loves Jesus. And he's speaking over you and releasing his voice over you. And that we're going to, I'm going to show you how he's speaking over you. John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. We are, we are his sheep. We are his children. We are his beloved children. He knows us. There's so many verses about God knowing the, the count of the very hairs on our head or that we, were, um, that we were formed in our mother's womb. How beautiful a picture that is, is, is not that it talks not only about God's powerful um, ability that, that he sees us, but that he, he takes the attention to detail, that he engages us to that degree, to that level, that he loves us to that, you know, he knows us on an on a, on atomic level, and he's so engaged with what's happening in our life. And I think sometimes it's so, we, we feel so different or distant from God. We feel so distant that, God, you don't, you don't know my circumstances. You don't know what's going on right now. Actually, I'm your shepherd, 
I'm right there with you. I'm only a whisper away, and I am so intimately involved in what is happening in your life that I am guiding every step of the way. Jesus said that it's better that I go so that the, that the teacher can come, that yeah. the comforter can come. Not only does he give guidance into what um, he's releasing, but he also gives comfort into that direction, that he speaks over us and encourages us. How do you train up a child in the way they should go? so that when they are old, they never depart from it. It's the voice of the Father. It's the encouragement of the Father. It is, it is encouraging them in the way that they go. I have twin um, three-year-old girls. Pray for me. <laughs> I have twin three-year-old girls, and we are in the midst of potty training them. And it is, it is uh, just a, a wonderful experience that... <laughs> okay, it's crazy. <laughs> But uh, it is, <laughs> my wife is a titan of patience, <laughs> legendary. Um, but, uh, but, but when we, when, you know, when they actually do the duty, um, <laughs> we, we go ecstatic with encouragement, right? We just flip out and we're so excited because we want to encourage them in the way that they should go, right? Do we want to... <laughs> She said literally. We want to encourage literally in the way they should go. Because when they are old, we want them to never depart from it. I love just jumping for joy. My, my uh, daughter Skylar came out and she, she went on the potty and she came out and we jumped up and I was, I was jumping all over the place because I was so excited that she did something so good. And I love, you know, and, and me in, in my mortality, I'm, I'm this kind of father um, that I'm so excited that my child does something good and I can encourage them in that. Um, how much more does our heavenly father speak to us and release those words of encouragement over us? He speaks over us and trains us in the way that we should go. He's not distant, but he's intimately involved in encouraging you, guiding you, teaching you. He's the, he's the word. Um, he's a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. He is intimately involved where you are going and what you are doing. Um, God, early on in, in, um, in my life, revealed himself to me as the God of promises. I'm, I'm the God of promises. Um, he's actually a promise-keeping God. Yeah? His word never returns to him void, but it accomplishes everything that it came to do. The promises over your life, God has spoken them over you, and they are going to accomplish what they came to do. Jesus came and, and completed, uh, walked through all of his prophecies, all of his promises. I know you can too. We have that example in him, and that is available to us. And what Jesus has with the Father, we have available to us. That's good news, right? That's amazing news that we have the opportunity through Christ to be able to be in this intimate relationship where he actively speaks into our life, that we have the power, the indwelling spirit inside of us that is, that is chasing us down to give us opportunities into the goodness of God. The goodness of God. God is good. 
The goodness of God is the beginning of a lifestyle of miracles. The goodness of God is the beginning to a lifestyle of miracles because if you believe that God is better than your circumstances, you are going to see heaven move on your behalf. There will be miracles activated in your life because we can't let the circumstances, the weight of the circumstances overpower us. But we have to, like Jesus speaking to the storm, realize who and what is inside of us and that we speak to the wind and the waves. We don't, we don't pray from a place of, uh, we don't pray from a place for victory, we pray from a place of victory. He has already done it. He has already accomplished it. He has already brought us um, so far, and we already can, can we are, are more than overcomers. We are possessors of the promise and what he has spoken over us. So you can take your promises, your, prom- your prophecies and promises, and leverage them against your circumstances and say, no, I'm coming through. I'm coming through to that other side. I'm going to take my, my prophecies and my promises in the goodness of God, and I'm going to hold those things and say, yes, he will accomplish all. I want to give you an opportunity this morning to take those words that he's speaking over you and to just refresh them in your spirit. Sometimes we need to lay hold of, again, and steward those prophecies or those promises that are in our lives. Something that I do just on a practical level is I take those prophecies and those promises and I read them over. Or I have them on my phone and I, I listen to them over and over and over again. And especially in a time where, um, where I may not feel into the fullness of the identity that, that you know, I... Uh, you know, if, I, if I'm feeling down or I'm feeling depressed, I take those promises and I leverage them against my circumstances. Yeah. You can too. Yeah. We, we teach people how to hear the voice of God. Um, and uh, we have, we're part of the prayer team here and we uh, teach them how to hear the voice of God and activate them in the prophetic. Um, and one of the ways that, that we do that is... Um, when you, when counterfeiters, um, when, when you're looking for a counterfeiter, it's not that you focus on all the fakes. You focus on the real thing. Like the, the treasury looks at their, their plates, their documents, the real thing, and then they apply that to, um, to the fakes. There are going to be things that come and try to speak to you that aren't of God, but you, as you spend time looking at the real things, spend time in his presence, spend time learning his voice, you'll be able to hear it. My daughters, as I said, they're twins. One of the most things, uh, one, of the, the, uh, one of the things that people say to me is they always come up and they say, well, how can you tell them apart? <laughs> Give me the secret, I wanna know. How do you tell them apart? I spend time with them. I know their nuances. I know what makes them different. I know, you know, I can, I can hear the difference in their voice. You know, Sydney's got more of a lower tone. Skylar's got more of a higher tone. I, I know the difference in their forehead and their, in their, in their arms and the way that they walk and the way that they run. I spend time in their presence and I can tell them apart. Commonly, there's three voices that speak to us. Those are our own thoughts, the thoughts of the enemy, and the voice of the Father. It's very easy to tell the voice of the enemy 
as we saw kind of laid out in, in Matthew 4, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And we can cast down those thoughts because we can easily identify them, those that would want to, to pull us off the path. But sometimes it can be harder to sort out from our thinking and what he's saying. Now, we have the mind of Christ. His thoughts are our thoughts. But a lot of times, my thoughts are mostly concentrated on what I'm going to eat for lunch. <laughs> and it's okay if you're thinking that too right now. <laughs> but his thoughts come and they speak to me and they restore my soul. They give me a hope for a future. They, they, they continually encourage me in the way to go. And I just, I love that about the voice of the Father. We have direct access to our dad. We have direct access to the father. I spent so much of my, my early Christian life in about six chapters, um, and, and, or about three chapters, John 14, John 15, John 16, and John 17. That's four chapters. I will get the math one day. <laughs> um, but it says this in John 16, 26 through 27, I will not need to ask the Father on your behalf, Jesus speaking, for you will ask him directly, say directly, because of your new relationship with me, for the Father tenderly loves you because you love me and, and believe that I've come from God. We have direct access to the Father. We have the ability to be able to go to him directly and, and to speak in plain language. You're not begging for something. He's already done it. Like I said, you pray um, from a place of victory, not for victory. Um, and you have everything available to you and in the Father's house. I love the story of the prodigal son because there's, you know, there's, there's, it paints this picture of two sons, one son that ran away and was restored to everything, and then the son that, was, that, was, uh, that stayed home, but he was out in his father's field, and he didn't develop a relationship with the father and had, had, had a feeling that he had lost his, his sonship um, and was jealous of the, the other brother that came home. But I, I, I want to say that, that I've always pictured that there was a third son and that's the example that we have in Jesus, is that he was able to remain in his father's house and knew that he had everything. Um, John 17 says that everything I have, give to them. Everything that Jesus has, that, that we have accessibility to everything that Jesus has. I don't have time for any thoughts in my head that the father doesn't have about Jesus. I don't have time for those thoughts. I don't entertain them. I don't let them come towards me. Because, and, I, and, I, and while they're still a, a long way off, um, we have the ability to just set them aside and say, that's not the voice of my father. These, these thoughts that I can see them as they're coming towards me, they're depressive thoughts or um, they're, they're um, thoughts that are coming to, to derail my identity. I'm going to push them aside because I am a son of the living God. Amen. I do know my father. He does speak to me and he loves me so much. A few other tools kind of just in the area of... Um, um, hearing the voice of the Father, is, um, is 
you know, a couple practical ways are, are biblical meditation, Eastern meditation, um, I don't, and I don't want you guys to get, you know, offset by the word meditation, but Eastern meditation wants you to empty your thoughts. Um, biblical meditation wants you to fill your thoughts, fill yourself with his spirit and his word, meditating on it day and night so that that is something that is produced out of you. I just, I love to just get into a season of my life where I'm just eating of his word. I'm just eating of his word. Um, I, I heard a story, and I, I don't know how true it is, but um, they used to say that, that young, um, young Hebrew children would actually, uh, they'd take honey and they'd put it on the Torah, and they would, they would actually lick the honey off the Torah so that they would have this mental picture and this idea. Again, train up your children in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will never depart from it. But they actually ate the word consume the word, get it inside of you, learn it well, so that the, when those things come, that you have that, that shield of faith to be able to deter every word that is outside of the word of God. Okay. Let's hop back into Matthew 4, verse 8. Again, the devil took him high upon the mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory and splendor, magnificence and excellence. This is out of the Amplified, so they had to use like nine things here. Um, and then they said to him, all things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, go away, Satan. Say, go away, Satan. <laughs> for it is written and forever remains written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. That's a good word right there. And then it says this, then the devil left him. And angels came and ministered to him. When we worship God, devils flee and angels come. God inhabits the praises of his people. And when we worship, devils flee and angels come. I believe that there is a movement that is coming to the body of Christ, um, especially in the area of worship, that that as we worship in the atmosphere, that we are going to see a breakout of miracles, signs, and wonders, that we are going to see the lifting off of so many, um, you know, anxiety, depression, all of these, these voices that have been trying to speak to our generation. But our answer is, this, is the sound from heaven, yeah. is the praises of our God. When we worship God, devils flee and angels come. It is time for us to be able to shift the atmosphere. There are tools to be able to do that. One of the ones that I love the most is Thanksgiving. Yeah. I love to be able to just spend time in his presence and just thank him. Yeah. And, and especially when I'm feeling distant uh, from him, what I do to stir my spirit is I just start thanking him. Thank you, Holy Spirit, yeah. that you're here right now with me. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that right now, as I'm engaging you, you're shifting the atmosphere. Yeah. That when I worship you, devils flee and angels come. I thank you right now that, that, Father, that you are even releasing things in the room as I'm declaring this, that you're shifting mindsets, that you're laying hold of the atmosphere, and that, Father, that we can speak and release your voice because he's speaking to you. You are going to be changing the atmosphere of this city. You will speak and release and declare the goodness of God through the city. One of the things that uh, I've talked to the, to the prayer team uh, much about is that um, that they are the front um, that they are that they are praying for the front line of love to this city? Yeah. 
at first I thought about it, I was like, you know, these are the front line of the city. And I said, no, we're praying for the ones that are the front line of love to this city. Because this is a time for us to gather together, to celebrate. I, I love the opportunity that we as a church get to gather together and worship. But I know that you will walk, come out of this house and that you are going into your offices or schools or wherever you are and that you're releasing that praise. You're releasing that worship. You are shifting the atmosphere. You are the front line of love to this city. It is you that is bringing change. It is you that is shifting direction. It is you that you are laying hold of the promises of God and are mobilizing what is going to happen so that we as a, as a church, as a nation, can shift culture. We need to be in a place of such saturation in the voice of the Father that there's nothing else that can speak to us so that we know on a whisper in that small, still voice when he speaks to us, we say yes and we go. And in that yes, in that go, we change, shift, and mobilize what he is doing. Because we're just coming into alignment with what he has done. Yeah. Yeah. What he has already released in heaven. See, um, our destiny is to go to heaven. Our commissioning is to bring heaven. Heaven on earth. That is our commissioning. That is what we have the opportunity to do. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. I'm going to listen to the voice of my father, and I'm going to release it right where I'm at. You are so powerful. Don't wait for somebody uh, to, to, to tell you any different. You are powerful in what you have, the capability to be able to release the father into the sphere that you have. You know, maybe that's in the area of media, or maybe that's in the area um, of government, or maybe that's in the area of, of, you know, of church, but you have a sphere of influence. Um, really what God has been speaking to me over this year as he has created a different platform for me than I ever imagined is you have a sphere of influence and you have the ability to be able to speak the words of the Father into those places. You have the ability and the influence to be able to bring change. If it's in the area of business, you have the ability to take the the you know the the outline, the strategy of that what what's in heaven and bring it to earth. Yeah, he has got in his mind a way that finances should be run. He has an an original intent in the way that he wants to restore businesses or banking or the the judicial system. He has a way for us to be able to apply those things and bring heaven to earth. That is your commissioning. And there's something so powerful in that and that you have resurrection life on the inside of you. I told you, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you and he knows your authority in Christ even better than you do. So it's, it's time for us to be able to just step back and say, Father, what is it that you have for me to do in this area? And one of the, the best tools that I can give you is if you're in a place um, to, to just become a friend of God, you will see so much happen on the earth. You will have, see so much change happen in your sphere. And all you have to do is just take that time and spend time in his presence and then come back and say, okay, I know what it is that my father wants to do. Jesus only did what he saw his father doing. There's vision in that. I love that, that there's vision and then there's action, that heaven wants to release vision to us and then give us action 
that good? <laughs> I'm going to skip ahead to, uh, to John 12. I want to talk a little bit more about how good this God is. John 12, 42 and 43. We're just going to get into a couple of verses. John 12, 42. Nevertheless, many did believe in him among the rulers, but many Pharisees did not confess him so, they would, uh, so that they would not be banned from the synagogue. For they loved the praises of men more than the praise of God. People, people in culture right now, um, I believe even, even some within our camp are afraid to, to move in what God is asking them to do. Um, and so in, in fear of that, um, sometimes that can, that can give us a shaky voice. But if we align ourselves with what God is doing, we will, we will see his, uh, his glory manifest on the earth. Um, I want to take that last verse and just flip it really quick. So they, um, sorry, it says, for they love the praise of men more than the praise from God. You were designed to have the words of the Father spoken over you. You were, you were born, you were formed in that. Um, I knit you together in your mother's womb, you know, before she even knew you. I formed you. And he formed you in his voice, in the praises of the Father. You are designed to be able to have the words of, of the encourager speak life into you and guide you. Isn't that good? Yes. Yeah. The Father loves you the same way that he loves Jesus. His thoughts um, for me are as countless as the sand on the seashore. His thoughts over you are as countless as the sand on the seashore. So if you don't hear his thoughts over you, what beach are you living on? His thoughts over you are as countless as the sand on the seashore. Zephaniah says that he sings over you and rejoices. You were designed for the praises of the Father, to hear his encouragement over the praises of men. You were, you were designed to hear his encouragement over you. He knows your rising. He knows your sleep. He, he commands his angels concerning you. Yeah. You have, you know, heaven, I want to say this, heaven backs choices. And we make choices every day. And when we make the choices um, in the way that God is directing us, there is, there is help that comes with that. Yeah. You are not on your own, but you, you have the whole manifestation of heaven behind you. Yeah. That good? Do I need to say that a little bit more plain? <laughs> you have help. Sometimes it feels like maybe we don't. Maybe we feel like we're on our own, but you're not. Yeah. That you have angels, that he commands his angels concerning you. And like I said, when, when he speaks his word, it does not return to him void, but accomplishes everything that it came Amen. for. Yeah, you are powerful. And you are loved just like Jesus. Sometimes the, um, the, the goodness of God or, or seeing God as Father can kind of be unsettling for some of us because of some of the examples that we've seen in our own lives. 
Um, I want to talk a little bit now just about some of the the ways that we can we can guard ourselves because of uh, from the goodness of God and, and from seeing that active in our lives because of um, things that we've shielded ourselves uh, against. Because sometimes when we have a painful experience, one of the first things that that we say is, "Ooh, never going there again. Yeah. <laughs> never going to let that happen." Um, so many of us have had experiences and have been raised up and, um, and groomed in different areas of, um, you know, whether it's from our parents or from leaders, they've spoken into our lives, or these encounters or experiences that we've had or pain in our life has created filters of misconceptions that we have about God. And it's very easy, and it happens, and it happens to all of us. I'm not shaming you for that. There's actually no shame in your need. It's actually your honor. It's actually your honor. In the kingdom, Jesus isn't looking for more servants. He's actually looking for children to fill his house. He wants to be a father to you and an active father in your life, and he wants to be the best father that you've ever had. So I want to talk just a little bit about um, a few things that... Uh, that, that he is, but then I also want to go in and, and kind of minister to those areas of our heart um, where, where I believe could create blockages for us to be able to see him in his fullness. Yeah. The Bible says that God is love, pure love, and that he wants us to lavish that love on you. We have come into an intimate experience. This is 1 John 4, 16. We have come into an intimate experience of knowing God's love, and we trust that he has love for us. God is love. Those who are living uh, are living in love, are living in God, and God lives through them. Um, I went to God one day, and I said, uh, you know, there, was, there was a lyric from an Anthony, Anthony Skinner song, and uh, he said, what were you thinking on the day that you created the color red? And I just thought that was really beautiful. And I was, I was kind of thinking on that. And I said, God, what were you doing on the day that you created love? And he said, uh, AJ, I never created love. I always was. We don't just have a loving father, but we have the full expression of love. He is the full expression of love. He's not just a loving person. He doesn't just do good things. He is goodness in its full expression. And that that wants to be active in your life. Again, we don't have to... We we are going uh, directly to the Father. We have a direct access. John 16, 26, and 27, we have direct access to the Father. He has created through Jesus a way that we can access him and that we are children in his house. We are dearly loved children in his house. Isn't that good? It is the Father's hope that every generation would grow up in his pure love and that they would never have to to, uh, experience rejection or pain. That was his hope. And that is his hope right now. And so we have the, the ability to be able to, to receive his love and to give it out. 
And a lot of times, the, the people that we have encountered in our life, you know, we always have this kind of God-sized hole in our heart, right? Um, we, have, we have been encountered by people that haven't known him. Maybe it was, like I said, a parent or a leader or something like that that, that, um, that you were raised by, trained by, that just didn't have an understanding of his love and, and what he wanted to reveal to you. And there's, different, there's six different types, kind of. I'm going more into the, um, the parent or the leader uh, aspect, but I want to talk about a few of them today, and then we'll get into some ministry. Um, maybe you had or encountered an absent parent, one that wasn't there for you, one that couldn't be around, whether that was due to death in the family or that was... Uh, from you know them being at work all the time, and so we can from there have a, a conception about God that He's distant um, because of, of of Him not being there. We grew up with parents in our lives um, that that didn't uh, that didn't you know see us in that way. Uh, we may have had a, a passive parent, maybe a parent that wasn't involved. Um, or that was around us, you know, maybe they were in the home, um, but maybe they weren't uh, emotionally there for you. Maybe they might have been emotionally distant. And sometimes all this lovey-dovey stuff um, with, with God is really hard to grasp, but it's actually what Jesus came to give us. He came to reveal the Father. And one of the, one of the deepest expressions that he had of the Father in the most painful time um, in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he cries out, Abba, Daddy, he, wasn't, he knew that God wasn't there passive or unemotional, that God was actually, uh, the Father was intimately involved in what was happening with Jesus right then. Maybe you've had a performance-oriented parent. Maybe they have high standards um, that's not balanced by enough love, that they're only, they're, they only act loving towards you if you, if you are doing something good. If you aren't performing, if, you, uh, if you're not in the limelight or not excelling in school or um, you know, uh, didn't get good grades, maybe you grew up with that example. And what that can do for us is that can create a misconception uh, with God that, that, he's only, that he's only there when we do something good, that he's only there um, to, to love us. Or maybe you were raised with an authoritarian parent um, that was strict and, and lived by the rules. And so what that can do is oftentimes uh, create a, a line for us that if we're not meeting the rules all of the time, that if we're not living perfectly, um, that we are out of his will, that we are out of his way. But when God actually orchestrates all things for the goodness um, of those that love him, wasn't that good? Maybe you had an abusive parent, whether that was emotionally or physically. Um, and, and this can take a really raw turn. And so we can see God as very harsh in punishment and that, they, that you know, when we do step out of line, that he's right there to be able to, um, to, to punish us and that we live out of his will. There's whole denominations that have gone under that conception but that's not who the Father is. And I just, I really get the sense that he wants to reveal 
who he is right now, and he wants to come encounter you in a way to take some of these misconceptions off. Maybe you had a, a great parent. Maybe you had a loving parent or a leader in your life that raised you up. But even, um, even you know, and a good parent's job is, and I, I love being a good dad. I love being a good dad to my children. Um, but even, even in my responsibility as a good parent is to point them towards the father to be the best parent to them. There is always a fullness uh, in him that I will never be able to provide for them. But out of um, my relationship with him, I can instill those values in him and, and, and point them towards the Father. That's good, yeah? So what I want to do, because I believe some of those things that we, we collect, we just kind of collect things along the way hurts or experiences or other things, but I just, I got the sense that God wanted to come in and just wipe the slate clean. He just wanted to come and he wanted to restore all those areas of your heart where you might have experienced pain and that you didn't, you didn't see him in his fullness, Um, not because of something you weren't doing, but just because of maybe the example that was set for you. And so we're just going to release some forgiveness, but would you stand with me? Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. This isn't to call anybody out or anything like that. But what I want to do is let's just close our eyes and hold out our hands. Yeah. (laughs) This is going to be good, church. Whoa. Can I get a little music just a little bit? And I want you to, for just a moment, I want you to picture that person that might have been stirring in your hearts as we were speaking about this. Wow. Maybe he's brought somebody to attention. Wow. Or maybe, maybe it's not one person, but you just say, God, there's this place in my heart where I know I need more of you. I need more of you. Wow. Thank you, Father. So right now, we just want to release forgiveness over that person. Just say, Jesus, and you can repeat after me. Jesus, I choose now to give that person you can just... uh, if you can say them quietly to yourself or out loud. I give them the gift of forgiveness for the hurts and the pain they caused me. Wow. They owe me nothing. And I thank you, Father, that you want to show me the fullness of your love. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Would you just sweep in right now to all the areas of their heart? Wow. And just start revealing their identity of who you love them to be. Wow. Of who you love them to be. 
I thank you that you are a loving father and that you're releasing your love now.